everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Cafe Confessions. I am one half of your host. Well, I'm a whole host, but I'm one half of your show, Brie. And this is Shalika, the other half. What's going on, Brie? Um, what is not going on? I had a great week. I'm in a fabulous mood right now. Like I'm on a cloud. Um, I'll get into that in a second. How oh, have I was going to say, do tell, 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 tell. Um, I've been working on some passive income streams and yes, I have a great project coming out by the end of this week that I feel like is going to be a fucking moneymaker. So I'm pumped about that. Also, my nickname for you is moneymaking Brie. So that's okay. (laughs) That is okay. I'm ready. I'm excited to hear about this. Yes. I I need financial freedom, right? Black people, we got to get up out of this matrix shit. So I'm like, what the fuck can I utilize my skills and talents for to start making some money up in this bitch? And Mm -hmm. I feel like I found something. I cannot wait to share it with you guys. Like, I'm so excited. Oh, yeah, please share. And um, don't be trying to host them classes where it's like, oh, I found this information for free, but now I'm about to charge you to get the same information. Okay, no, share the wealth. This is literally for the culture. So you guys know, like I'm heavy on like psychedelic use and using psychedelics to like heal traumas and like reach your best self. Well, I decided to come up with a psychedelic integration journal. So this is a journal that you can use while you are on psychedelics to kind of express yourself. It has like a preset checklist. You kind of set your your trip up and your journey up before you take your medicine. And then after it has post integration questions so that you can kind of heal your experience to your everyday life. And it's so affordable. So I'm fucking just like on cloud nine about this and it's like I have a hundred journals but like that's the one that I'm like really proud of right now Mm, that's speaking to you okay I'm really excited to hear more (laughs) about it thank you for sharing that too Uh, what else has been going on oh sorry no no that's it It's, it's just been a secret for a long time so I feel good to finally get that out in the open other than that I saw smile because you know you told me I went to see it two days ago that shit was scary as fuck Thank you. Thank you. It was validating my fear. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I thought you were about to say, oh, you're tripping. It wasn't that scary. It was scary. Okay. Yeah, it was creepy. Very creepy. And I just, the part where, you know, her mouth was stretched open. I was like, I'm done. I'm ready to get out of here. But that's all I've been up to. What have you been up to? Well, um, I actually left that movie in the past, so you just brought up that fear for me. So um, now I'm going to focus on trying to get back to myself. But um, honestly, this week has been very chill for me. I feel like I don't know what's going on. It's It was chill at work. It's been mm. chill with everything. So I'm actually just going to be riding this wave right now. And I think I needed that because the past couple weeks have been just insane for me. So... I'm just enjoying that right now. Nothing too crazy. I know you gave me some homework to watch Baby Boy. I did not watch it. Yes. And I'm sorry. <laughs> I am sorry. It's okay. But I it's did on, get out um, there. I think what it's on think? HBO Match, Max right now. I want to say it's on HBO or Hulu because I've seen it recently this week pop up. And I was like, I know this movie is not trying to present itself mm. to me after we just had that long discussion. But take your time. <laughs> take your time. There's no rush. Um. I, I Okay, so thank you for letting me know it's on HBO Max because I actually have this little website where I go and watch films um, for free. But um, yeah, I'll have to check that out. But I have been watching this Cabinets of Curiosities on oh. Netflix. Mm-hmm. That's good. 
It's good. It's, it's like my Black type Mirror? of scary. Yeah, in a way. Okay. In a way. There's one episode that for sure reminds me of Black Mirror. Have you seen it yet? No, I've seen the promos for it, but I'm a chicken shit. So I feel like I didn't want to be scared. So it's not too scary. It's not like that. It's not. Okay. It's more like creepy than jump scares, if you get that. So gotcha. I would say check it out. Um, one episode in particular is um, it's surrounded by like beauty. I don't want to give too much away, but okay. basically that beauty is pain mentality. And that really reminds me of Black Mirror. So when you get a chance, you don't have to watch them in order to like every episode is different. But when you okay. watch that, let me know. Okay, we'll do. Um, sorry, if you hear that, my cat is now taking a dump. And scratch into the litter. No. So, can you hear that? I don't. I didn't oh, hear okay. that at all. But <laughs> thank you for sharing that. Every single time. I'm like, can I just record in peace, people? Can I just record in peace? I but- don't think I've ever heard a cat <laughs> take a dump. So, like, what's going on? You got some loud cats over there. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyways, moving on. So, today's episode, oh, we God. actually have two guests with us it's our first time on this season having guests and it will not be the last just so you guys know but i'm excited about this we have two special people the very 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 special jay who is your partner yes right and then we also have you guys as good friend day day who is one of our longtime male listeners from the bottom Mm -hmm. right season one episode one has been rocking with us since day one mr toxic himself thank you i can edit that out Because that's how I was going to introduce him, right? Like, yes. this is Mr. Toxic. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Yes. Welcome, guys. How are you guys doing today? I'm oh, good. You it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy how you did my boy like that, but I'm good. Um, He's very toxic. So, you know what? Maybe you are toxic as well for trying to defend your friend, Whoa. but I'm going to let you have that. I'm going to let you have that one. You know what? What do you got to say, Mr. Toxic? Listen, based off of this great podcast, I will take that title because I listen and a lot of the times I am disputing and going against a lot of the things that y'all say about us young, you know, fellas out there. So, yeah, I'll take that. I'm toxic. Proudly. Okay. Not okay. disputing and going against. I hate. <laughs> this is hate listening. Is this real listening or is this hate listening? Which one is it? <laughs> Never hate. That's a strong word. I love that. I but love that. He's listening in and arguing with us like, nah, you're wrong. Let me get on the show. <laughs> So now we're on the show. So let's see what, what happens from this. <laughs> like when you're talking to Finally, the TV. I get my shot. Man, you know how it go. Telling the white girl don't run down a hall, but she still do it. Yep. Right. That's, that's, that's this. <laughs> okay. So you're walking into, what is it? The danger zone? So. Oh, man. Hopefully I can make it out. Are you, we got oh, you will. It's a safe space. It is a safe space. I don't space. know. I done been caught in shade web a couple of the times. And she, she eats men alive. She don't play that. So. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. I do like to be really hard on toxic people. So, you know, if that's the vibe I'm giving off, I love that. Um, I wonder what <laughs> what today is going to be like because I am not letting up off of you at all. I couldn't wait to get you here, sir. Mm. So, mm. Y'all pray for me. <laughs> but then well, on the other hand, we have the nicest person in the world, which is my partner, who I feel like gives that balance. So we got like the little angel and then we have the little devil. So we'll see. It's gonna <laughs> it's gonna you know be what? a nice balance. <laughs> I will accept that because Jay is definitely my voice of reasoning whenever I'm around him. So yes, I would definitely accept that. Shout out to my boy Jay. Appreciate y'all. Shout out. 
Yes. Well, you guys know this is Cafe Confessions, so we have to introduce our drinks. I'm going to start with Jay. Jay, what are you drinking today? um, Currently, I am drinking air. Um, (laughs) I am not, I guess, part one. Uh, I am not a coffee or a tea person. Okay. Um, Are you a a water people? I do have some water, but it's in the other room. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you're not a beverage person. That's what I'm getting right now. Oh, no. I'll be drinking. I just left it. <laughs> He's a big juice. Not an alcoholic person. drinking. Yeah, I'm a juicy. Mm. <laughs> you, a fresh juice or like pre made juice? Either. Okay, he's now going to get whatever drink he can find. <laughs> he um, is going to grab his beverage. <laughs> In the meantime, Jay, what are you drinking? Um, I'm drinking iced coffee and a bottle of water. Where's this iced coffee from? Give me more details. Uh, uh just Starbucks regular uh vanilla. I think it's called sweet cream. Um, Ooh, so you went? You actually mean. like went into the Starbucks and ordered this, or is it like the pre-made drinks from the store? No, I walked over there. It's right down the street from my house. Oh, okay. You're my peeps. I mean, do you? I was you about really to say, Starbucks? <laughs> huh? No, I don't do it frequently, but you know, today's a special occasion. Shout out to Cafe Confessions. So, wow. <laughs> so, have you ever seen that TikTok? I was like, wow. No, I love I. <laughs> I love men that drink coffee and go to Starbucks. I think that is so cute. It's like the best thing ever. So, thank you for making this a special occasion enough for Starbucks. I think I have like four hundred dollars every year that goes to Starbucks. Don't judge me. Oh, yeah, shout out Starbucks. Y'all need to go ahead and uh, sponsor. For sure. <laughs> She's spending money with y'all, man. She's spending money. <laughs> no, imagine trying to get a sponsorship. Man, I mean, I, they don't care about our promo. They're, they don't even need it at this point. Have you ever seen a Starbucks commercial? No, Starbucks, actually, they have a fact for this. Starbucks <clears throat> does not promote their products. They do not believe in that. They do promote their products through the acts of like television series where they will be featured Mm-hmm. as like a cup but they will never promote their own stuff through like their own commercials mm. i think recently they just started doing their first commercials maybe two years ago but for a long time that was not their business model i am drinking my broke ass did not have a chance to go to starbucks today i decided to make my own coffee at home so i am making my own blend this is trader joe's colombian roast this is mixed with a little bit of heavy cream some brown sugar and some pumpkin spice cinnamon powder from trader joe's I'm sorry. Is this the same mixture that you made that you said was nasty last episode? Okay, I worked Mm. out the kinks. I worked out the kinks. I worked Mm. out the kinks. So this is actually now super delicious. Um, I think I could save money with this product and I am going to stick with it. So this is not a pumpkin cream cold brew. This is just like heavy cream mixed in with a little bit of pumpkin spice and a little bit of brown sugar. But there's no pumpkin puree. That's what Mm. fucked it up. Okay. Yeah, pumpkin puree doesn't sound that great in coffee, but I'm glad you figured it out. I figured it out. So, yes, I woke up really late and I was like, I got to make my own coffee. I don't have time to go to Starbucks. And it's really good. I'm proud of myself. Okay. What are you drinking? uh, Well, before I get on that, I will say that is a good testament to if at first you don't succeed, try, try, try again. And look at you. Did you walk in with the ambiance, you know? I did not walk in with the ambiance. I showered mm-hmm. with a little bit of stress relief, a little eucalyptus. That's as far as I went. I didn't have a candle going. Um, I was really stressed before this episode, y'all. I was running around like a crazy person. But I'm I'm calm now. I'm I'm calm. I'm chill. I got my energy back. What are you drinking? I'm drinking the same <laughs> shit as I was drinking last week. So regular black tea, 
and some pumpkin or I'm sorry, almond pumpkin spice. This is literally, this has been saving my life, especially since I think I've just come to the conclusion that coffee doesn't, I just can't do it. And then I right. suffered a couple of days ago drinking coffee and I had the craziest headache, but it was so good going down. But not worth it. I'm sure it was a high price to pay. It was a high price to pay, and I don't think I'm done paying that price. But as of right now, I won't buy cold brew for my home. But if I'm out and I would like some coffee or some sort of like specialty drink, I, I, I'm just going to suck it up. Like, that's just You'll indulge. Oh, absolutely. Enjoy your tea, baby. It sounds delicious. Everyone, thank you guys for sharing your drinks. It is time for our first segment of the day. This is specifically for our guests only. Me and Shay will not be answering these questions because when you come on the show, you must make a confessions. Hello, the name is Cafe Confessions. So we are going to start with Jay. What is your confession today? Oh, goodness. Um, I'm the type of person that when I get new information, I act like I always knew it. Mm. Shay, can you confirm this? Can you confirm this? I cannot confirm this. He's very good at hiding that because I would just be like, oh, okay. Like he'll go in and explain everything. So I'm just like, oh, he's the smartest person in the world. So where does this come from, Jay? Like, when, when did you start doing this? <sighs> Since I was yay high. I don't know. I just feel like I've always kind of done this. I think I like I've always enjoyed finding out new information. And then it's like, oh, I got to tell somebody. But it's like the way it comes across is like, I don't express it. It's like, oh, I just learned this. It's kind of like, oh, you didn't know this about such and such? It's like, how? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know this. What do you mean? I just learned right? 36 minutes like, ago. Like, sir. Okay, like, I did, didn't I just tell this? This I just told this nigga this. And now he's telling my story. Like, <laughs> no, my boyfriend does that. And I'm glad you admitted that because I'd be like, you know, I'm like, I told you that. I told you this. You're telling me like you, I told you this. That's the worst. Okay. I can't yes. say that Jay does that, but I've seen it in action where I'm like, someone kind of comes to me and like tries to tell me something. I'm like, I'm the one that told you this. So, why right. did you forget? So, you've been passing on this information as if like you've known this? Ooh, mm -hmm. that's that Timon and Pumbaa thing. You're like in Lion King, where it's just like Pumbaa will say something, and Timon's like, oh, I got a great idea. We should do this. But it's just what Pumbaa said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, do you remember Putty Tank? The guy who would be like, Man, it's hot out here. And then the guy would be like, Man, it's hot out here. It was the two friends from Putty Tank. Nobody? Mm -hmm. Anybody? I've seen that movie, but I don't <laughs> really remember that part. I just remember he was going around whooping people. Okay, Pootie Tang is like, we're not even going to get into that. That's a whole episode on its own. That was probably <laughs> the worst movie ever. But it was not. I'm sorry. Are you trying to defend Pootie Tang? Because that movie was not good, Brie. Pootie Tang good. is in my top 100. Easy. Wow. Easy. Really? For oh sure. Oh, my God. I can, I can literally recite. I, I'm not even going to get into it. I know. I, I know. number 100. I really hope it's the last on that list. Do you like it I ironically? Really, I, th I think it's so fucking amazing. It's a fun, it's hilarious. Okay. We're not going to get into Pootie Tang. That's a whole other episode. I will not. I will not. If you get me on, on the Pootie Tang bandwagon, I can't. Um, but I want to say to you, Jay, just to like make you feel better. If you've been, you know, stressed about that. There's a thing called teach, learning, learn, teaching. And the concept is that every time you learn something, it is your duty to teach it. Right. And vice versa. Every time you teach something, it's your duty to make sure someone else is learning from it. So you are just, you know, completing the cycle. I support this confession 100 percent. 
Yeah, just filling out my role in the ecosystem. I feel like I've always yeah. had that feeling, but never knew the wording like that was a thing. I just feel like it's just what I did. You're going around feeling like a fraud when you're actually doing good, some good deeds. So, oh, I never said I feel bad about it. It's just something I do. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I oh definitely. Yeah. You are you are keeping the balance in this ecosystem. I support that. That is from the law of one. If you want to look into it more. But, Mr. Day-Day, what is your confession today? Man, I've never seen Pootie Tang. Really? Yeah. And now, never. based off of Shay, you know, insight, I'm glad I haven't seen it. <laughs> it's not that great. I'm sorry. I can't even believe she said top 100. Like, I can't. Like, if she said, what's a movie that's kind of similar but better? Undercover hmm. Brother. I feel like that right there, top 100. Who oh, no. Undercover Brother, underrated movie. Classic. That motherfucker is funny. Thank you. It's funny. I mean, you got to give, you got to understand like Wanda Sykes, I think her name is, as Biggie Shorty. She was playing a prostitute. That shit was hilarious. Him making that silent song. Come on now. Like y'all weren't laughing at this. He was no. fighting the white man. This is like, he was out here doing the work. He was out here doing the work for the people. Okay. Come on now. Dirty D. Come on now. Dirty D. Okay. Anyway, we're moving on. We're moving on. (laughs) Okay. Last thing. Let me just say this. I think what ruined it for me was Chris Rock. Like, I just don't find him that funny. So, like, I feel like he was trying so hard in that movie that it just didn't connect with me. And I feel like I laugh at the stupidest shit, but, like... It was mm-hmm. so stupid that it was so bad. And I'm sorry, not to come for your movie. I, oh, I'm just. Please don't apologize at all. I welcome all critiques for film. If you're going to love film, you have to be open to the discussion. I will agree with you. I think Chris Rock is a corny ass motherfucker. I have, even before the slap, like the Will Smith slap was just like a, it was justice on my end. Justice <laughs> for all the bad service wow. that he has done. <laughs> I don't think his mo- I don't think his his comedy is funny. Do you guys like his comedy? No, uh, really? I agree with you, Bree. He is trash. The, He's I honestly trash. haven't. Sorry. Who's a good comedian? Dave Chappelle. As far as stand up. Yeah, stand up. Yeah, Jay D- Dave Chappelle. Burn, don't kill me for this. One. Dave Chappelle's funny, but he's not hilarious. <gasps> Yeah, I mean, and then I've I've never really said this. Chappelle show. There were a lot of hits, but there were also a lot of misses. I'm not mad at that. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not mad. That's at fair. That. I think, yeah, because a lot of the time people hype up the show because of who he is, but there were a lot of misses for sure. Mm-hmm. Is and I feel Ooh. the same way about the Martin show. It, it was <laughs> really? a lot of hits. Did him breathe out of misses too. <laughs> so I ain't mad at that. I ain't mad at that, Shay. Dave Chappelle has some good skits, but he were a lot of bad ones. I feel like Jamie Foxx show was way better than the Martin show. Uh, you know what? I knew I knew I couldn't trust your motherfucking friend group. I'm gonna tell you right now. Y'all invited hey. me to Jay's brunch and you guys played Charge to the Game, and it said Martin or Fresh Prince. And y'all motherfuckers voted Fresh Prince as the funny show. I was like, y'all, y'all are not my peeps. Like this is, 
I I wrote that in my notebook. I wrote that in my notebook as like the first red flag. Taking notes on these niggas. I sure did. I was like, oh, this this is a red flag of a group here. I got to keep my eyes open. And here we are again today, reliving the same trauma. Martin is the funniest fucking sitcom of all time in my opinion. I didn't say it was bad. I just, I... I didn't say that. I like The Martin Show. I did. I, I absolutely did. But I think for my generation, I didn't really grow up. And I didn't really grow up on Fresh Prince either. I was more so The Wayans Brothers, Jamie Foxx mm, Show, like good one. that. That's when I was like really watching TV. So that's what was funny to me. <clears throat> but I don't, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm not saying The Martin Show was bad. I'm saying it just wasn't what black people like to make it out to be. To me, season one, two, and three, hilarious. Four or five or four. It was it was basically once after they got married to me, the show was never the same. And I, oh, like, I don't look at this though. thing. Yeah, Jalil has something to say because I have something to say to this too, for sure, that may may like help you in this area. But I do want to hear from Jalil. I don't want to cut you off. Uh, um, I was going to say, I definitely am more familiar with Fresh Prince. Like it was always on in the house and Jimmy Fox show. Those are like, I don't know if it was just the time that it came on. Oh, damn. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if it was just the times that, that they were on and I just happened to catch him more than Martin. Uh, but I think I think Martin's funny moments are funnier, but I think I relate more to the Fresh Prince landscape. No, I can I can see that for sure. I, I definitely think he's more relatable, especially like being in California. Like we grew up in California. We have already that setting kind of connection. Mm-hmm. I don't know shit about uh, Detroit. But the reason why the last seasons were so bad on Martin is because Gina actually had said that Martin had sexually harassed her and that she didn't Mm -hmm. want to do any more scenes with them. So they had to do a lot of separation and they couldn't be in the same room, which is why the show completely like went downhill from there. Yeah, they're really huge. It was a big deal. Yeah. I thought it was because of her husband. Like he didn't like her. Oh, Dwayne. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if there was an extra external beef with them too, but I do know for sure Gina said that he was sexually harassing her and he, she was not comfortable with that. Oh, yeah. Damn. Mm-hmm. But then she wanted to mm-hmm. do the damn reboot. So I'm like, girl. That's what I was about to say. That's what I was about to say. But you know what? Maybe they've grown since then and he's had a chance to apologize and that's why. But <laughs> you grow I'm out of sexual say. assault. I ain't going on a sexual assault. <laughs> uh, I mean, y'all just talked about forgiveness. Okay, that would be I an unforgivable act. A forgiveness from afar. Like, I'm not I'm not going to forgive you for that. But, like, if that's, you know, but, yeah. I mean, and then also, I don't know where her... Sorry? I was going to say, if there's people out there that are forgiving people that have, like, caused the end of their life for their children, I think there's people that can legitimately forgive. Ooh, that's hard. Ooh. And assault, and also depends on the severity of the assault. Like it might have been like, this is the emotion I felt, and then I was charged up, and then over time it's like, okay, this is what happened, but maybe it wasn't as bad as I, it looked at first. No, I could definitely see that. I feel like this is great balance. Like, cause I would say that that's unforgivable, but you're absolutely right. There are some crimes that I feel like, damn, this person really dug deep into some tragedy and trauma and was like, I still love you. I still want the best for you. And I think that's a very powerful thing to do. Ah, I don't know. Thank you for bringing that perspective into the show. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Sorry to kill the energy. 
that's not killing I mean, that is that's the whole point of the segment. It's just the conversation is gonna be flowing and going. We have no topic today. Everyone is presenting their own questions in a round table discussion. And with that being said, we're gonna get right into it and we're gonna start the show. I'm Bree. And I'm Shalika. And we are two long-term friends who get together once a week to chat over coffee or tea. Join us as we talk about all things black, white, and in between with With Cafe Cafe Confessions. Confessions. Okay, everybody. Welcome back. We are here today with our two guests, and we are going to start with our first question, which is mine. The question is going to be presented to Day Day specifically, and then I'll go ahead and ask the entire group. But I want to know, at what age is it appropriate to talk to a child about sex, and how deep do you go? That's a very great question. I would say at the time when you start seeing your child go through a puberty change, Mm-hmm. Because that's when sex becomes effective and you want your child to know what they're getting herself into, whether they're in they're looking into it or they're not. I had that talk a little too late. You know, by the time my my parents had that talk with me, it was like three, four years too late. And it's better to be educated on something and know than to go into it blind. So for me, I would say what boys go through it around what, twelve, thirteen? I don't know if it's the same for the ladies but um yeah i will have that talk with my son and my daughter around like 12 or 13 entering that high school round okay i think that's a great age honestly because like yeah once your hormones start kicking in it's like as a person who used to go through puberty we should know like this is a normal bodily experience it's time that we kind of let the awkwardness go because everyone's gonna go through it sex is a natural Mm -hmm. part of life but my question is is like when you have this talk with him how deep do you think you should go with the conversation? Should you talk about, you know, for example, if you're talking to a young man about sex and you get to the fundamentals of like what sex is, how it should be done in an appropriate manner, do you also talk about how important it is to make sure the woman feels safe, feels good, and is also receiving pleasure in that moment as well? Because I feel like that's like a deeper layer of a sexual conversation, right? People just like to give the facts and the safety. But do we talk about the actual pleasure that women should receive and also when it comes to a woman you know what does that look like going deeper into that conversation as well so i want i want the guys opinions on this honestly all right i guess i'll be toxic out the gate then it's definitely going to be two different conversations between my son and my daughter i mean the gist of it is going to be the same the importance of sex but to my son it's going to be more of a how it can be on a good side so my daughter is going to be like, don't do that shit. Wait until you marry. <laughs> it's just, I, I know it's a double standard, but that's just, it is what it is. Like, guys look at daughters differently. We look at princesses. Like, we want you to be that untouched flower for as long as you can be. Can I say something? <clears throat> so, I feel as though if you don't teach your daughter about sex, somebody else will. And if you're not honest with your daughter about like how sex should be for her, then that's information that she's going to lean on her friends or lean on people who are more experienced or lean on that guy that's more experienced. I get it. You know, definitely preach weight on it. 
But I would say also talk about like, you know, if you are going to do this, then this is how it should go. Like, you should be the one saying like, I actually want to do this. Like, it shouldn't feel, you shouldn't feel coerced into doing it. You shouldn't feel pressured by anyone in your group, anyone, any guy, anything to be doing this. So I hear you. I definitely hear what you're saying. But I feel like when you are encouraging, and I don't want to say encouraging, but in a way it seems like it. When you're encouraging your guy, your sons to have sex and like, oh, okay, you're giving them the good talk. And then you're telling your daughters like, kind of like brushing it off. Like, no, 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 I'm not going to go there with you. Um, I don't know. I, I just feel like they still have that curiosity. It's because it's going to seem like, oh, my, my parents are always going to say that. My parents are always going to, you know, give me just a little bit. And I can mm-hmm. tell you when I was in seventh grade, there were girls that were already having sex. So what age is Facts. that? 13, 12, yeah, 13, 12, 13. So luckily, like if you have someone that's strong minded, you know, Maybe they will wait a little bit longer. But if you have those those girls who are just kind of like looking for validation from everyone, they may end up doing something. And it could be, you know, sex is sex. Not to say that it's not special, but like it could go one <clears> or two ways. Like maybe it is just sex or maybe, you know, your child end up, ends up being pregnant. Maybe your child ends up get, uh, getting something that's uncurable. So I just feel like if you if you really want to teach your daughters you really want to teach your children. You need to be honest. I agree with that. When I, I apologize for how I said that. My daughter's going to get the talk. She's not going to get it from me. She's going to get the, the talk that you're talking about. She can that from mom because I'm I can't give her that. I'm not a woman. I don't I'm not experienced the side of sex that she's going to go through. Her mom has to let her know. Make sure you give consent. Make sure you're clear with your consent. This is what you should look for on how a man should respect you. I can only give a father's point of view as a man. So I'm not saying I wouldn't allow my daughter to have the good talk about the beautiful side of sex when you do it with the right person. Yeah, but that got to come from mom because mom was once that teenage girl. I wasn't. So one more question then. What if your daughter is closer to you than she is to her mom? Like, what if she feels more comfortable talking to you about things like that? Like, let's say you're more calm and collected and mom's just, you know, little radical. How would you handle that? Oh, well, then if that's our relationship between me and my daughter, then I would have to have that conversation. I'll have to be 100 with her. But it would still come from a father's perspective. But I would still give it to her straight. Okay. Because as toxic as I am, I still respect the ladies. Like, it's always about respect. I just like a little controversy. That's all. A respectful, toxic dude. Okay. Got you. Thank you. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing. And also, I want to say, do not apologize for your thoughts and Mm -hmm. your opinions. This is a space for you to be honest. Like, there's no judgment. And I appreciate both of you guys' perspectives. This is a hard conversation. There's really no right or wrong way to go about this because none of us got fucking kids. We don't know. You know? So, at the end of the day, we're we're just grabbing our straws, right? So, Jaleel, how do you feel about this? Um, I definitely think, uh, talking to both son, daughter, um, I think giving the same baseline information to both is very important. Like, as you were saying, like the safety of it, the, the idea that sex isn't just pregnancy. Like there is a pleasure behind it for both parties or there should be at least. Um, I think to kind of echo off Dede is like, I think the conversation between a father, son and then father, daughter is going to be different because the perspective that we have. I can't tell a woman what she feels during sex. Even if she tells me what she's feeling in the moment, who's to say like that's an, like a 
a feeling that doesn't change like post um and i i don't think i would ever be the type to be like daughter you stay single and a virgin until until you're married type thing like i would i don't think i think that's an unrealistic point of view because as we said we all know people that was doing some things very very young and the hope is that the information that i give being as unbiased as possible would allow them to have the information on their end to decide for themselves and not something that somebody else make that decision for them um but i am a natural people pleaser so i do think like having a conversation with my daughter would be like this is the kind of the things that you should want to look for and if you feel like i'm coming across maybe a little like biased then ask your mom maybe she has information that's just different than me um i want to touch on a point that you mentioned when you said that people's perspectives can change after sex, right? I think that this is an important conversation for young men and women to have is there is something called aftercare, right? Sexual aftercare. It should be checking in with your partner. You know, how was that? How do you feel about it? Getting, y'all know, getting the towels nice and warm. Don't just be throwing out no rag, you know, cold ass rag. You know what I mean? Like taking care of your partner, not wanting to be connected after sex. I know that that is very common. Men are like, oh, I got my nut. I'm good. Like, I don't really need to be bothered. I'm hop on 2K. Some women like to cuddle. Some women like to be a little bit more affectionate even after sex. So I feel like having those conversations and knowing like what's appropriate etiquette for aftercare but at the same time, I feel like this conversation stemmed from me watching um, a, a documentary called Sex Magic. And it was about people who are into tantric sex. And there was a scene where one of the dakinis, um, which is like a person who practices tantrika, and she teaches other women men about it. Um, there was a, a newborn baby. And she was like, sometimes we have our newborn baby involved in our um, sessions. Like, I know, I Okay, now you know that they're palm-colored people. So I'm already like, what's happening here? What's happening here? What the bomb? You know what I mean? Like, I'm already on edge. Like, palm-colored people, I'm already like, hmm. But the baby was like nine months old, and she was like, yeah, you know, like sometimes I'll be hosting a session. The session could look like tantric massage or tantric sex, and our child is present. And we feel like it is a natural part of this child's life to see sex as an, an everyday thing. And this led to a discussion of sex. Safe sex is all about consent. So if all the adult parties are able to consent to having sex with each other, this child cannot say that I don't want to be exposed to this. And I feel like we're entering dangerous territory when you put a child in a space to be exposed to something that they have no business seeing or expressing at such a young age. And they were like, well, we feel like if the child sees us having sex quite often all the time, they would have a more respectful relationship with sex and the women that they get involved in. It was a, a young a young male child and I was like but on the same token what if this person could develop a sexual obsession mm -hmm. and become a sex addict because that's what he's been shown since birth right. so I just wanted to you know bring this conversation up to you guys because I was we were torn I was very torn about that I mean I feel like this just led into another conversation because um <laughs> whoa uh I I don't want to tell people what I think is right or wrong for their household but I think that's just a little bit too much. Like, I don't, I don't think children should be exposed to not just their parents having sex, but a group of other people having sex. And you think that by doing it over, over, over and over again in front of them, you're normalizing it and sex is normal. But I feel like 
you're stripping kids away from that innocence. Like they're learning about things too fast. And who's to say that this child, you know, is this child homeschooled or are they going to go to school and try to like practice what they've been seeing? That's a little bit too much. That's too much. And I can say that as someone that has been in a similar situation, but not as deep as intercourse, but being exposed to sex too early made me way too curious and also made me kind of like fear sex. Like, I don't, I don't think parents should be exposing their kids to stuff like that. Like, let me hold on to my innocence as long as I can. Um, you're actually doing, to me, I feel like you're doing more damage than you are doing good. I, I just don't agree with that. No. And not exactly why when I have kids, they're not staying the night at nobody's house. I'm sorry. But this is, that's too much. I don't know what the hell your parents got going on over there, but no. No. Black mom, do not play that spinning the night. I'm not. <laughs> I don't give a damn who you are. Mm-mm. They could come Not over happening. here, but you ain't going over there. Exactly. Yeah, I think uh, when it comes to that and just what I was hearing, I think I think our generation kind of crosses the line between normalizing and desensitizing a little too much. And I think that's a very fine line, but something like that is just like, oh, they're going to see it's going to be normal, but it's also going to be normal to a to them in an area where a lot of people don't know that is or don't think that is normal. So it's like, oh, I'm just doing this. And now that is like, do the, are they harassing people now but in their head they're just doing oh this is what i see all the time this is regular it's like crossing two different cultures that don't blend yeah i definitely agree this this was a hard one i was like ah it was it was a little too much for me so thank you guys i appreciate all you guys for answering my questions jaleel i'll put the question on you for the group okay for those that don't know me uh or don't know the side of me i'm a big nerd so I'm gonna start off with this. If you randomly gain superpowers, would you be a hero or a villain? I would like to say that I've been the hero for way too long. So I'm getting my revenge. <laughs> wow. All of you that have done me dirty, bitch, you gonna see. You gonna see the end of your days. Okay. So count your fucking days. Um, I would be the villain for sure. <laughs> for sure. I'm tired of being nice to you niggas. You don't appreciate it. So Especially if I had like laser vision or something. What's that? Um, the boys. Uh, Homelander. He's, he's kind of like Captain America, but he's not. Homelander. Yeah. A, a bitch would snap. I'm sorry. Y- y'all don't deserve any more niceness or any more saving. Sorry. Damn. <laughs> what about you, Diddy? Hey, what would you do? I don't know. I'm kind of torn between the two, honestly. Because they, I feel like they both have their, their, their positives. Like, I feel like being a villain is more fun. Like... N- no responsibility, but then less pressure. Yeah, I can just do whatever though I want and laugh about it. But being a mm-hmm. hero is just like, like she said, you do you saving people who are unappreciative. Don't you know? Like, I remember. I mean, I'm pretty sure we all seen it. The Incredibles when he was like saving somebody, and he complained about like, damn, you hurt me. Like, I just saved your life, and you complaining? Like, yeah, nah, that I'm going with the villain. Forget everybody. Yeah. I mean, yeah call me the Joker. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree with both of y'all. Honestly, it's great points on both. The point is, though, it's like, do I want to commit my life to servicing other people in that aspect where I'm running around town waking? I got to think about this. Think about the schedule of a superhero who's mm-hmm. saving people. It's like, I got to wake up. And I got to clock in to run around town a bad trauma going on around the city and involve myself. 
I don't want to do that, right? Um, I would much rather be at home minding my fucking business. So with that being said, I might be a villain because if I have superpowers, I may not even use them. I'm going to be real with you. And if I do use them, it might be for small shit like, for example, have you guys watched Two Gun Birdie? Anybody? No. Okay, so it's an adult comedy show and it's an animated film or animated cartoon. And there was a point where she was running a bakery and this guy walked in, he was a cop, and he was like, let me get 12 donuts. And she was like, okay, that would be $32. And the cop just was looking at her like, and she was like, uh, and thank you for your service. I would use my superpower to do shit like that. Like, I am a superpower, you know, I'm a superhero. I need to get this stuff for free. I I need free food. I need free clothes. I would just be u- utilizing my power to get free shit. I don't think that I would actually be doing any work. It's the idea that I could do some work if something arised, but right. would I do it? I feel like I... I would be a villain with a soft heart. Like if I see someone, I don't know, needing saving that I didn't have any, like some sort of vendetta against, then yeah, absolutely. I got you. Like, I'm not going to be completely heartless, but I'm not going to be that person. That's like super perfect because I mean, look at celebrities now, like they can't even fucking blink wrong without a slew of comments, just talking about how terrible they are. And Oh my God, I can't believe I don't need that pressure. Like I I really don't. I just want to be as normal as possible. So if I'm a villain, like, you're not going to expect much from me. And it'd just be that. I think I would lean more towards being a hero, but not like a job. Like, it's like, if I see something, it's just like, I don't like how this looks. Let me intervene. Like, I don't know. I'd be having these thoughts, like, of things that I see in social media, things happening to people. It's just like, dang, if I had this this ability to just go in and say them like I would. So the offset situation. I had a I had a little, like, daydream. Not offset, takeoff. Sorry. Um, I had this little daydream where it's just like, like, imagine if I was there and I had these abilities and I seen dude based on the story that's coming out, who knows what's true at this point of like, whoever had the gun is just like, I could step in and just take the bullets. Like, bro, what you doing? What you really doing? Like, and it's like saving a life in that sense. Like, obviously that's a, a situation because it's very public to where it's just like, that's easy to say. But I think I would low key be like the Spider-Man type, which is like, if I'm going around living my life and I see something, like, it's just like, okay, I'm going to do this. But I'm not going to go around like, oh, what test do you have for me today? Like, I low key be a little anti-hero because like I do heroic things, but I'd be like, leave me alone. I'm tired. Yeah, if I could teleport, I might go into a bank vault and just grab some, a little stack and just pop back in the house. <laughs> Not a little stack, like, oh, let me get two grand. That's all. It's just a little, a little something, something. Crazy. Just something off the top. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't need that. <laughs> you clearly got no, it. So real. let me just hold some. Okay. I, I would for sure probably rob a bank. I think that that is something that if I had a bucket list where it's like you can come back for sure and not face any repercussions, I think one of the things that I would want to do is rob a bank something about that seems so thrilling and just like exciting and i love bank robbing movies Mm -hmm. you name them i watched them especially like the town with ben affleck i think that movie is phenomenal um and we have obviously our women running forefront and um set it off like Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. was just you know what i mean like i just if i could live in that space and then obviously quentin tarantino's um reservoir dogs i can go on and on for days about heist movies but i feel like there's just something dope about taking from the entire system because i don't look at banks as like belonging to the people for whatever reason i see them that's people's money in there yes correct but i see it as like a major stock for like money in general that's just like endless and bountyless because they're going to cover it with insurance anyway so it's just like let me just take some of this shit and see if i can get away with it 
Imagine I if guess you steal money. Building. Imagine you steal money and then they're like, oh, okay, well, we just got robbed. So we have to deduct from all of our members. Like, I would be hot. I'd be so, <laughs> I'd be so <laughs> mad. You look in your checking account and you're like, you're missing like $2,000. They're like, oh, okay, well, sorry, we got robbed. So we had to. <laughs> oh, no. That would be a case for sure. Jalil, it's on you, popcorn, whoever you think should go next. Uh, Shalika, take it away. Take it away. Okay. What toxic traits have you inherited from previous relationships, family, or friends? I'm going to go with Day Day. Oh, man. Damn, I feel like I'm going to just throw a few people under the bus. I guess. I would say, like, that that male masculinity like i was raised by a man that you know boys don't cry suck it up you know hard to sh- like we don't show emotions you know you don't complain about stuff like so i i'm that person like i work with kids so whenever i see a little boy crying i'm telling him, like what you crying for he like i'm hurt i'm like you ain't dead wipe it off and get back to it like so i would say that that's what i got from my family from the men that, I, that raised me just like men can't show emotions but now that i'm older it's like it's nothing wrong with it like it's okay if you feel something it's okay to cry about something if you feel that hurt about it let it out so that would be the biggest thing uh just going back to what you said i know that you mentioned working with kids now so do you think you would change your approach the next time a little boy cried to you? Like maybe being no, more open? Okay. Yeah, no, I have. Like instead of like when I see him cry, instead of just telling him stop, I take the time and like try to find out what he crying for. Now, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they might say something. I'm like, okay, now that ain't worth it. Like you crying for no reason. Like, but if it's a legit reason, I mean, it's always going to be legit to them. But for me, if I feel like, okay, that's a reason that you, you feel some kind of pain, then I'm going to, you know, do my best to console them. But I used to be right out the gate, stop crying. Like, I don't care. You're not dead. You don't got no bones poking out your skin. What you crying for? I mean, I'm happy that you changed that because I do think um, it starts young. We're young kids. I mean, I don't want to just say boys, but I feel like a lot of people have that mentality where it's like, you know stop crying like you don't have anything to cry about right now but in their little world like it you know their heart is completely shattered and that's what they're crying about like it it is a big deal to them so sometimes it is let me console you but then also give you some you know encouraging words toughen you up and then get you back out there ready to play so yeah for sure all right thank you mr toxic's not so bad look at him (laughs) Yeah, he's actually, he actually has a really good heart. And I'm glad that we are able to dive deeper into his thought process. Because you are not Mr. Toxic. I think I may need to have to change that name because... um, yeah, you're start a sweetheart. talking about relationships. You'll change your mind real fast. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> Don't count them out just yet. We're still barely into the show. Right, <laughs> what about what about you, Jay? I don't know. I'm trying to think of something that. I feel like I directly inherited from somebody else and like not a collective, I guess. I guess if there is something that I feel like I could admit to, it's kind of like sometimes interjecting myself in places that I don't belong just because I have an opinion about something. Can you give me an example? Like, where are you interjecting yourself? I feel like I'd be doing this to you. Sometimes I hear you on the phone and I hear something and I'm like, oh, but this. And it's just like, this is not my conversation. Like, I was like, I ain't, there's no need for me to have anything to say about this. And like, unless you bring it to me afterwards. But it's just like, I wasn't even supposed to hear this. And then I feel like, oh, I want to be a part. I want to say something. Mm-hmm. I can see that. I feel like my friends typically go to you as well with their issues. So like, mm-hmm. 
when I'm on the phone, you know, it's kind of like we're on the phone. But I do appreciate you mentioning that because, yeah, you know, sometimes let me have that with my friends. And then if it's safe to express to you, then I will do that. JB like, what's going on? What's going on over there? No. <laughs> you ever see those videos? I think they've been circling around. Oh, yeah. This man is nosy. And they'd be like, who? Who are you on the phone with? What's going on? Yeah, that's him. Like, who did that? What? They'd be like so into it. <laughs> so I love that because sometimes I'd be like, come on, babe, show a little interest because he don't give a fuck. I'd be like, you don't hear me over here being like, what? For real? He don't care. He don't. He don't. I don't get off the phone and he'd be like, what happened? He does not. I have nobody to gossip with. Like, you don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to leave with the gossip. But if you if you ask me, I might give it to you. Twist but, my arm a bit, you know. Oh, oh, God, you got it out of me. He don't oh, even since you asked. Be like, <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) But um, no, for me, I think uh, dealing with like emotional regulation, for sure. I grew up in a household, both my parents separately, they weren't uh, married, but they both kind of dealt with like, just popping off. Like whenever, whenever something happened, it could be big, it could be small, but they're gonna pop off, right? And like, the repercussion of that is like, I'm dealing with adults who don't have self-regulation for their emotions or like everything is not a big deal right and like how I grew up was like if I'm mad about something if I'm sad about something it's a big deal and I'm going to make a scene out of it and this is something I've had to teach myself the last five years like it is okay to regulate your own emotions it's okay to feel those feelings and be like I'm pissed off right now but maybe I don't have to call every friend or I don't have to cuss you out maybe I just need to go on a walk and just be like, calm yes. down, <laughs> you know, like, maybe I just need to walk away, you know what I mean, yeah. for a second. And I feel like if I would have had this information and knowledge a little bit sooner when I was a kid, my high school career would have been a lot smoother. I would have avoided a lot of fights. Um, I was that woman that was always fighting somebody. I have gotten into more fights than I can count on my fingers and toes combined. And I, why am I out here punching people? Like, that's crazy. Like, that's that's literally crazy, you know? <laughs> and people see me today and they're like, I could never see you punching anybody. Like, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know? So I definitely see that now as like just emotional regulation, just not having the tools, not having the words, not having the outlet, not having the expression um, healthy. I could put that shit in a book. I could put that in art. You know, you could put that in something that is productive, like, channeling that energy and making something with it versus just blowing up your life because that's essentially what I was doing was just blowing my life up time and time again I guess I can echo what you said Brie I I definitely need some work with that um I feel like um in recent years maybe like the last two years I've been doing a lot better and then also recognizing when I am playing victim like you know you gotta also admit when you're doing something wrong it's not always you know this person did this to me and you know just admitting my own faults with that so it is something that I have struggled with and I do find myself still struggling with it at times but I feel like I can recognize it work in progress but I definitely feel like I have inherited that I think that was a really good question (laughs) I don't know if you guys have any more to add to that because if not we got one more question to go for this round and that is from Mr. Day Day I know you've been in there quiet in the background but it's your time to shine brother <laughs> oh man <laughs> spotlight with this one I don't know I don't know if this is it's too early 
for coming out the gate with something like this. But I really just want to like if if you actually like I'm really big on hearing other people's opinion on things. So for this one, I want to know what is the difference to you between having love for someone and being in love with someone? And we will start with you, Bree. Ooh, not me jumping out the gate with this. Um, having love for someone and being in love for someone. Just without a lot of context, I'm going to say what I will and will, will not do immediately. If I have love for you, I have strict boundaries on like, uh, I ain't doing that. Okay. And it could be borrowing money. It could be picking your ass from the airport. I ain't doing that. Like, I love you. <laughs> she's not picking anyone up in the airport, yeah, even if she is in love with them. Right. I ain't picking up a soul from the airport. Okay. You better call your baba. Um, sorry, that was toxic. But I literally feel like that is just the difference. Like, if I'm in love with you, I am more susceptible to doing things that I normally would find uncomfortable for other people. Um, and I do them like with happiness mm-hmm. at the same time. Like, damn, I don't want to, you know, recock this tub with you, but uh, I'll get down here. I don't want to change this oil, or this tire, but you teach me. I'll listen. You know, like any other time I'm like, I'll pay somebody to do that shit. So I definitely think that is the case. And then also when it comes to like romance, because how many times have we been in people been in relationship with people that we liked, but we didn't really necessarily love. Right. So when we talk about bedroom behavior, there are some things like if you ask me right up straight out out the gate, you know, do you take it up the ass? The answer is going to be absolutely motherfucking not. It's not happening. Don't ask me. I'm not the girl for that. And no judgment. No judgment. There's women out there that get down with it. Me personally, mm, if I love you, I may think about it. <laughs> I have I've never gone that way, but I may I may indulge. I may tickle you with it. May not perform it, but I may I may allow you to let your mind wonder a little mm-hmm. bit. You know, I may send a little naughty text about it every now and again. May not happen. But you know what I mean? That's just the difference. So you guys tell me what you think. <laughs> hey, that was well put. I'm not even going to lie. That was very well put, especially the be- the, the beginning. I don't know. You lost me at the end, but the beginning, <laughs> well put. Uh, we'll go with you, Shay. Um, wow. Yeah, I don't know if I have much more to add to that. Um, I would just, I don't know. I feel like when I'm in love with a person... I'm going to the ends of the earth for them. Like I'm whatever you need. I got you. Like I'm going to do that. And then I will also say like friendly love too. Like if you're someone that I'm very, very close to, I'm going to do the same thing. It would be like a second relationship, like my best friends or something. Um, Now, if I just have love for you, there are a lot of limitations on that, that I've learned now. In the past, it was like, okay, if I mess with you, yep, I'll do this, I'll do that or whatever. And it's like, Sometimes you have to reserve like the things that you do for the people that you really, really care about. And that's not to say that, you know, someone that I don't know, like I'm, I'm just close to or I just work with or something that I want to do them a small favor. But it wouldn't be to the extent that I would do it for someone um, to someone that I've like actually really, really care about. There's going to be a lot of limitations and a lot of boundaries. I think for me, there are going to be certain things that um, I think like you guys echoed, like I'm going to do certain things for people I love versus have love for that are very different. I think for someone that I 
that I can say I genuinely love, whether it's a relationship or a friend, I'm going to be kind of like a more of an accountability person. Whereas someone I have love for is like, hey, do what you got to do. I got love for you. And I think... Uh, Agreed. <laughs> I think that um, also like the type... You're going to see different parts of my personality if I love you for real. Like I'm always like Mr. Zen, nonchalant, 95% of my life, whatever. But if I love you, you're going to see the goofy part of me. I'm going to sing random shit at random times that don't make sense to anybody. I'm going to do a little... There's little like quirks and stuff that I tend to hide pretty well for people that like I'm not fully comfortable with. That's actually a great point because when you think about it, like I, I feel like I'm the same way. Like when someone really knows me and I feel really comfortable with them, it's like you know that I truly care about you because I can get very weird. <laughs> I can get very <laughs> weird and I, I feel like that that shell, that mask that I like I try to put on is dwindling, you know? Like you're going to see the real me, but other people, I am very much uptight and I care too much like what they, you know, perceive of me. So like when I really love you or like, okay, this is Shalika. This is, this is the girl I know, you know, uh, but other people they're like, oh, she doesn't really talk or, you know, she's very like about her business. And I'm like, I am all of those things, but there's this whole other side of me that I have to be extremely comfortable with you in order for you to see, or in order for you to experience. Nah, I mean, y'all all hit it on the head. I pretty much take everything what you guys said and echo it as well. But for me personally, it was more so of how I started acting. Like, mm. I seen the difference of how I used to act when I thought that I was in love with somebody, but it's different. And that's when it's just like, okay, it was more of a fatuation. It was more of a mind thing. It wasn't a, a real like in the heart type of situation so it's definitely you get different sizes of people you start things that i used to be like shooting down like how brie said like it's not even a discussion now i'm actually all right i'm gonna think about it we're gonna discuss it i'm gonna see if i'm tripping or i need to reevaluate and that's when i was like it's really different you gotta really start looking yourself in the mirror and like okay well maybe i can change this I don't got to be so this is who I am, accepted or not type stuff. So that's what I was like. I have a question to that because, um, you know, I'm hearing this like juxtaposition between a relationship, right? Like, oh, I have this deeper understanding of like what it means to be in love with somebody. Right. What did that what does that do for you now? Like seeing this side of yourself open up to another person and you're like whoa I'm stepping through a door that I didn't technically knew existed I'm assuming correct me if I'm wrong like how does that how does that change your mindset or your thought process walking into a space that you didn't even know was there it, it changed because it, it, I feel like I'm more of a as a guy most guys like to feel like that you know head of household type I run everything but now I'm, instead of thinking that mindset, I'm looking more of a, a partnership, like a real like if I'm not if I don't got it, I know my partner got my back. Like it's mm -hmm. going to balance out. I'm slipping today. She going to pick up the slack. Like I don't always got to be on my own on, on 10. I can be on a yeah. seven. I could be on a six and she going to pick up the other three or four to Keep make me, me vulnerable. Exactly. Yeah. Like is that's what it is. Like I don't feel like I always got to be the, you know king of the jungle type stuff like it's okay to to fall back a little bit totally okay. i mean like i can imagine like what that does for your state of mind as just like as a man i can rest 
I feel like men, when you play that role, and I'm not trying to come for you, but like when you play that role of like, I have to be masculine, it starts becoming performative at some point where you're like, I really don't got it, but I have to pretend like I got it because that's the role that I signed up for, you know, in this relationship with whoever or with myself. And I feel like when somebody shows up and they're like, babe, you don't even have to pretend with me. We work together. There's a ebb and flow there's a tandem balance in this relationship because we're doing life together. You're not always going to be up, right? I have to be able to pick up the slack at times because that's just the way life works. And I feel like when you step into that type of trust, because that's what that sounds like, is that I trust that this person will love me no matter what, no matter what I can and can't do at the moment, right? It's no judgments. It's more than the surface level. I just want to say, like, I'm happy that you're in that space. As a young black man, I think it's important for you guys to let that facade go and to find women who can really hold space for you in that way to be your full authentic self. I think a lot of the shit that we get caught up in in our culture is bullshit. It's all about keeping up with the Joneses, pretending to be something that we're not, you know, and this goes into the emotional aspect as well. And I feel like with young men, it's harder for them to let go of that facade than it is maybe for women. I could be biased. But when I'm hearing this right now, I just feel like so proud and so grateful that you have this opportunity to be that way with somebody. And I love that for you, genuinely. Thank thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's definitely good to see uh, the person. Like, I know, like, we've been we basically been family for like a few years now like since we since we met but um seeing the the transition that you've been making as you've been maturing is definitely like a it's dope to see and i feel like i don't get to tell you that in person as much but like i really i'm really proud of what you've been doing i appreciate that brother for real that just warmed my heart yeah my heart is full (laughs) okay (laughs) all right um i think it's back on me and my question so i don't know if anyone else has any questions but this will be my final question of the day i want to spice it up a little bit okay with a little controversy Mm. do you think do you think brace yourself clutch your pearls okay hold on tight buck your seatbelts can a man enjoy pegging without his sexual orientation being questioned Okay, she's went left field. That's crazy. <laughs> wow. That's I'm crazy. That for another guest. I'm not the guest for this. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not. You don't I'm have to put us in your business. <laughs> you don't have to put us in your business, y'all. You don't have to put us in your business. <laughs> Just speaking generally. Generally. Okay, not, not, not you personally. There's no pegging involved in the show. I I do not assume that you're into pegging or not into pegging. We're just no, having man. a general discussion. <laughs> no man. Yeah. Um, if I'm gonna I, speak right. from my gut reaction, I must say, I'm sorry. Can you start the beginning of the question? I kind of got thrown off. <laughs> okay. The question is, can a man enjoy pegging without his sexual orientation being gotcha. questioned? My gut is gonna say no. Um, and I think because, and maybe I'm just, I don't, I'm not educated enough in, in specific communities. Um, but I feel like if you have that desire for something like that, it stems from, I don't know if you want to call it like a pseudo homosexual desire or like homosexual adjacent without fully crossing the line. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's mm-hmm. because of like how I've been, how I've viewed, at least with men, like homosexual sexual actions like i don't i don't i haven't been around too many like gay men to know like to even ask them it's like is there a difference for someone who just wants to experience this with a woman versus 
do you feel like being part of this community that they might as well just go full-fledged but i don't know it's weird because as things like kind of like change with the the conversation about sexual orientation and everything that comes with it there are certain things that kind of make sense to me and there are a lot of things that don't and i think that's one of those kind of things that doesn't make sense to me yeah i agree i it doesn't make sense to me and like i feel bad saying that i feel like this is a taboo topic and it's easy to be like it's black and white like yeah there's a lot of gray areas and you know sexuality could be looked at as a spectrum is a spectrum however you desire to look at it um but that's one of the the parts of the spectrum where i'm like this is so muddled i don't even know like where to go like what Mm -hmm. direction to lead in so I'm genuinely confused about this topic and I really would like, you know, to hear some more. So I'm going to pass it over to the other man in this group before we get to Shay. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to get to the point in life where I don't judge people for what they do. You know, what you do in your privacy of your own home, you know, it's all on you. Me personally, just speaking for me, I wouldn't do it. I don't think about it. And if my woman was to ever ask me some sh- like that, I'll probably turn the fuck up and that might sound that might be wrong of me to say it's not no <laughs> but that's just me like because i'm not like my mind doesn't go there like that's just a that's a no-no for me like mm-hmm. it's a hard boundary that's yeah okay. and the name of it is just like nah that just sound like you shouldn't be getting done like the <laughs> like you want to what nah i'm good <laughs> like look I mean, okay. yeah, nah. I'm sorry. You got not to shake. cut you off. Take over. Not, no, not to cut over. you off, but I, <laughs> I just want to ask a question, you, Dede. So, you know, we talk a lot about like, you know, maybe if you're married, there are things that I would do to please my partner. Do you think that this falls under that category or is it is it a hard no for you? I, absolutely not. It does not fall under that category because, first of all, it's not pleasing for my partner it's not her she's not it's me that has to go through it so how is it pleasing you like she gets her pleasure from seeing you being pleased in this way well yeah that she gonna get a hard no fat ass no not even up for discussion and again and i'm not trying to be disrespectful to nobody out there who's you know into that type of stuff straight men or not that's just for me I could never cross that line. That's just, yeah. Only thing that go back there is a rag and some soap, and that's it. And I mean, I'm a, yeah. I'm, a, I'm just happy you said that. Yeah. You know, right. I can't Good. get that out of a lot of men. So I'll take so, it. And again, no, no, do no disrespect to no other dudes out there, but Day Day, no, he, he ain't going that way. I have a small confession. When I was, <laughs> no, no. That sounds crazy right now, right? <laughs> Especially with my partner on the line. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Let me tell you, I have a small confession that I don't want to release any names, but when I was a small child, I went in someone's closet in my family and saw uh like a strap, like a harness strap. Um and the person in question was married. So I knew that they were using this on their husband. And I didn't really understand it until like years later, like, oh, that's what they were doing. Mm. So um, outside of that, 
I that's that just wouldn't be for me. I don't know. I just couldn't imagine doing that to a male. I don't even know if like if I would if I was dating a woman if I could do it to a woman in that way. But um, because there's just like no pleasure received for me. And I get you know like just like what I said you know maybe the pleasure is seeing my partner pleasured, but I personally wouldn't want to peg my partner, my male partner that's online right now. Appreciate you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I I totally think that that is a valid point and I feel like women that are out there who are like I do it, I enjoy it, like more power to you. Uh that is definitely not something I'm comfortable with. Uh simply simply because me even as a woman knowing the stress and pressure that that sexual position requires that I'm like I'm not even comfortable going there so like you you 14 steps ahead of me right now and now I'm like and then you want me to be back here thrusting on top of that like I don't think I'm the one for you you know and like that's just just that's a hard boundary for me would it would it make me question his sexual orientation <sighs> Honestly, if I'm being real with you, yeah, I would. It would bring it up. Like this is a, an external part that I don't have as a woman. That's just something I I naturally couldn't provide to you. And the person that could provide that naturally is not a woman, right? At the end of the day, and it could be a a, a fucking tentacle or a banana. You know, they have shapes. It's still a penetration method that I I can never penetrate you naturally. It's just not something I'm able to do. So what if your partner said that they, you know, it, it wasn't as deep as a strap or, you know, that whatever. Um, but they just asked for like fingers every time. I don't would think I could do that. I, I, I would be like, you're curious. And that's enough for me to be curious about your sexual <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm not trying. We are more mature than this, but I'm just like, it's <laughs> it's Bree trying to be very nice about this. That makes it more hilarious. Like, you're curious. So I'm curious about what right. you're curious about. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I definitely, I just think that um, there's a person in my family and that person's husband, I feel like I told this story before, but that person's husband would pick fights with them all the time and go sleep in the car. Like it started off like he was sleeping on the couch and like they would fight and then he would be like, oh, fuck it. I'm gonna go sleep in the car. And eventually she was like, OK, what's going on here? Like, why are you picking these fights and you're trying to get out of the house? So she went to the family car. It was a minivan, by the way, family vehicle. And he's up in there, you know, watching gay porn and, you know, doing his thing with a with an external toy. Yes, this really happened. Mm. And like I heard that story when I was like nine. And, like, I saw the trauma that that put her through. Like, this whole time, you know, he was interested in something else. Like, I wasn't good enough. And I feel like that re makes me relive that. Like, I don't, I couldn't fully let myself go there knowing what I've seen dismantled in a relationship behind, like, someone not being openly forward about their sexual orientation. So, for me, it would be a hard no. And I may be ridiculed for saying that, but, like, we all have our right to choose and I choose that that's not the way that I want to be in a relationship with somebody and I can't provide those sexual favors. I don't judge you if you want to do that, but like, it's not with me, you know? Yeah. 
I don't know. That's you know what? <laughs> I, you saying that just makes me think because uh, my sister, prior to her transition, you know, she would date women, but I lived with her. So I knew that she was really interested in men. I saw the men that she was talking to at the same time that she was dating these women as a cover up. And I, I guess like I never really sat there and thought about what did that do to those women? And like, if, especially if they already had their own insecurities, which some of them did. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's a little bit sad to think about it that way. Like, you know, if this is what you want to do, then live in your truth. But right. when you start a family with someone or just like entertain someone that you know, deep down that you just really don't want to be with, like, it's a very selfish thing to do. And you don't know what you're going to put that person through. And not to say that all people that enjoy being pegged are, you know, uh, bisexual or homosexual. Um, some people just enjoy pleasure. But right. that was extreme. That on the other end, it's like, I want to pick a fight with you so I can go do what I really want to do. Like, right. I, I don't know what that would have done to me if I saw something like that. Tore her apart. And it was, I mean, we're not in that position. It would tear me apart mm-hmm. today. Like my partner of 10 years doing that, like I would be like... I don't know what to believe anymore. So, yes. Thank you guys for answering my roundtable question about pegging. Um, <laughs> okay. So, I definitely want to ask this. Um, and I'm more more so asking the men. And it's, it's kind of like a double question. So, bear with me. So, the question is, do men base their level of efforts on their attraction to the woman? And the reason why I ask this, well, I guess my second follow-up question would be, you know, like, what are some obvious or subtle obvious and subtle however signs men show that you know he has no intention of taking you seriously because we see it a lot where people have like situationships and they always have that runner-up girl but they end up choosing someone else and maybe that person's just more attractive or whatever so I don't want to assume but I would like to open the floor up to y'all and hopefully you can answer that question. Um, you said in your question, like, what would make a man take her seriously? As far as do you mean like going to the next step of like, OK, maybe dating her consistently or. Yeah, it could mean? be dating. It could be a lot. Um, I've just noticed that, you know, some men will keep some girls in the shadows and like maybe they'll do activities with them. But like there are other women uh, or men that, you know, like. With women that seem to be just a little bit more attractive, you know, they're doing the whole thing. Like, I'm taking you out to fancy dinners and I'm, you know, showing you off to my boys and all this other stuff that they don't necessarily do for all. So I just want to know, like, you know, are they basing it off of that person's looks? Uh Uh-oh, you know what that means. We experienced some technical difficulties and we lost Day Day's audio response to Shay's original question. We are going to pick back up the show and we're going to start off with Jay responding to Shay's additional question to her original question, which is, do men notice pick-me behaviors? Let's get back to the show. Um, So one part of the question you said, do men notice pick-me girls, basically? Um, I could definitely say Mm -hmm. that I do, but I've always um had more uh women friends than men friends growing up 
So it's like I and I I'm a very much an observant person. So that there are certain things where I'd hear conversations. I'm like you you talking out the side of your neck because this isn't the type of person you are. But you're so infatuated with this dude that you're willing to kind of like betray your character for his attention. And it's super weird. Or like you're willing to betray your friends or put down your friends to to whatever. Like it's I don't know. It's a super weird thing. And, and it's it's one of the moments where it's just like I'm not judging you, but I'm judging you. Because it's live yeah. your life. It has nothing to do with me. What you're doing to get this man's aff- affection and attention doesn't affect my personal life. But as a person, especially if you were a friend or someone I associated with, I'm concerned because it's like, do you understand the implications of what you're doing and what that's going to do for you? And No, I agree. And uh, it can remind me on the first part of the attraction and effort. Um, I definitely do think that a person's attraction can be a catalyst to how much effort they put into a person i think you do see it on both sides or however many sides you believe exist but i think in my experience i do think men kind of fall into it a little more and i think that comes into the nature of men being visual creatures i don't know if you want to classify it as a good or a bad thing or a fair or unfair thing but i i think attraction has a lot to do with what a person wants to do with somebody else or get involved in I think um, it would only be a bad thing if you're so focused on their looks that you don't really care about their personality. And like, if this is a person that you want to take serious, like you got to think this could potentially be the person to raise my kids. So if you want some pretty running around here, that's completely okay. But um, I do feel like sometimes men, you know, they miss a lot of great opportunities with women because maybe she's an eight, you know, maybe she's a six, but her... I mean, honestly, we shouldn't even go there. It's like, why are we like rating people based off their looks? Like, okay, this person visually may not be as beautiful as this person, but like everything that goes into them is an amazing person. And that that brings them to a 10. But I do feel like our culture is very wrapped up in, you know, I got to have a bad one on my arm. She got to be look like this, that, and the other. Meanwhile, you look like a toad. And I think that's another thing. Like if you're not confident within yourself, It's like, I can't wait to have something bad on my arm to show off. And it's like, do you really, do you really like her or do you like your homies and you just want them to give you some sort of like acceptance? That definitely does exist. But I mean, I kind of, I guess, reword a little bit what you're saying. It depends on what you value in in another person. Like if looks is number one, you're typically going to suffer through that vanity. Because if that, if all you got to do is look at someone, it's like, she got a crazy attitude. But damn, does she, does she look good? Like, you're going to suffer through attitude, and there's never going to be accountability. It's never going to be improvement. And, the, and like, you're going to go through hell. Whereas, like, if, if attraction might be point number four, where it's just like, you know, I need trust. I need good communication and comprehension. I need this. And then if you have all those things, then I can see you being attractive. It's like, okay, that might make me look at you as either a friend or a partner. Like, I think attraction should could define that, not based on how you see an individual as an individual. I was looking for a quote that I heard uh, about a year ago, and it said that good personalities are for ugly women, right? <laughs> I've heard and that like, before. That quote, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember what it was from, but it was from something. And like, I had to sit with that for a second because I was like, how many 
how many men do we know that are like, I want a trophy wife, right? Like that, that even that statement alone, a trophy wife, it's never about like a trophy personality, a trophy nature, nurturing. It's all about like the look of it. It's more important for me and my wife to look a certain way versus is this woman really going to wipe my ass if I get cancer and die on my deathbed? You know what I mean? Like that is so crucial and important. And I feel like, it's unfair because a lot of times women are the ones who are like, I'm looking for personality rather than looks like you guys have a leg up on that. Not only do you have a leg up on most women being more open to maybe falling in love with someone that they don't initially find extremely attractive, but their attraction grows over the course of time. Let's talk about like what arranged marriages look like, right? I've never been in one, but I do know a few people. A lot of the times their culture are like, you will grow attraction. Like that's what they tell women. Your attraction will grow. Your love will grow. So it's been ingrained in us forever through our ancestry and our DNA and our lineage that like, it's not up to us to love men based on how they look. We get what we get and we will have to adapt to that. As for men, it's like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to find the baddest one. It doesn't matter what I have to bring to the table. It's all about what I visually like to see. People even say scientifically, men are more visual than women. And I think that's unfair. I feel like women like aesthetics too. I feel like women want somebody that looks good as well, you know, but like, why is it on us to have to settle based on our needs being met or personality or some of these hoes money, right? Financial status. And for men to be like, I'm just going to go whatever looks good. And I feel like it's a disservice to the women that are out here really putting on the effort and the work to be good women, right? I think that that is so unfair that a woman could be not chosen based on her status and how she looks versus this woman could really take change your fucking life, support you spiritually, right? Nurture the fuck out of you, take care of you in a way that you've probably never been taken care of. Daddy, I'm not coming for your relationship in any means, but it sounds to me like it's deeper than just what this person looks like. Like it's more, you even said it was about infatuation with your last relationship and this one has more validity based on like what our purpose is together as a couple. And I just feel like we don't get that opportunity based on our looks. Yes, we do these things to like feel good about ourselves, but yeah, we do it for y'all as well. That's why we ask y'all like, you know, what color, what color should I do? What hairstyle should I do? It's like, because we right. want- what little design you want. Yeah, like okay. we want to look good <laughs> for you as well, especially like if we're in a relationship, but that shit adds up. Now, if you would have just said, you know what? I don't even think you need, a, I don't even think we would go for it. But if you said, you know what? You I wouldn't. don't even need a woman that needs all that. Probably want to go for it. But like, it would sound nice. It would sound nice and it would be a little bit more accepting. Like, you know, I, I feel like if that was the mindset of all men, maybe when it, women wouldn't feel as pressured to do all of these things and just be comfortable being. But in the reality that we live in, it's, I'm sorry, in the world we live in, it's just not that reality. Sometimes we do do these things to attract men. We're also doing it to attract women, but we're doing it to attract men to eventually be picked by this person to start a life with. I feel like y'all have a lot of people that want to pick you. So it's like, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know. You don't think so? I don't. I feel like men have a lot more speak. options. Yeah, like, I mean, it's it's weird. I think, like, you know, you guys are speaking from your, from your perspective as women. And I don't want to say that you're necessarily wrong. 
But I think oftentimes because women have this conversation so much, it seems like men always have the upper, upper hand. But it's like there's a lot of us men out there that don't got options like you think we do. And it's not because he's unattractive or whatever the case. He could be a very attractive man. But if he's a cornball, it's just like, I don't want that. He could be 98% amazing human being, but he's corny as hell. He don't have like the exciting factor or whatever. And that's going to turn off most people, especially in the days of coming up like high school, early young adulthood. It's not really till, till in my experience and in a lot of other pen, people that I see that are similar to me. It's just like it's not until you get to the age where women are looking for a husband that now you're attractive. And to say that women don't go for looks as well, like is sure, maybe it's a little less than men, but there's a lot of vain women out there. And maybe it's my experience because I came across them. But it's like, if you're not this, if you're not that, if you're whatever, if you don't fit this checklist, oh, you're 5'10", you're short. But if you're 5'11", six foot, all of a sudden you're this giant. It's like, it's literal two inch difference. But it's those two inches. It's make this, maybe, but if you're 5'2", what do you want somebody that's 6'5", for and nobody shorter? Like, it's a, I mean, that's a weird concept for me. That's a whole different conversation. But it all comes down to the sense of like women have these physical ideas that they want their man to be as well and maybe because society has put it on women just like oh you have a certain amount of time in life to get these certain things done there's like they maybe come around a little quicker to being able like i could sacrifice on looks a little bit to get these other things that are more important but to say that women don't have like those ideas like oh i want a man that's this this that and a third on a physical checklist is kind of like Y'all do it too, and I've experienced it several times. Okay, so let me just say this. I'm not saying that we don't look for attraction. I'm just saying women are more likely to date someone that's unattractive than men are. I feel like y'all kind of lead with that. And, you know, it is nice to be attracted to your partner. I, I think everyone should be attracted to the partner. I just don't think that their level of attraction should be the deciding factor on whether you take them serious or not. I feel like it should be that plus something else. That's all I'm saying. I agree. Because I've dated some ugly men and I've dated some really attractive men who were dumb as hell. So it's, it, you know, there just has to be a balance is all I'm saying. Don't Big find fun. a girl who you feel like is a fucking 95% or even lower, like an 80%. And then you trade her in for someone that's like not even touching that. There is one more segment that we have for our guest. And this is called What Would Jabba Do? And in this segment, I'm going to read a Reddit advice post and we are going to get feedback on that post. Now, this post is called Am I the Asshole? OK, um, usually when people ask, am I the asshole? They're just asking simply, this is my story. Tell me if I'm the asshole. All right. You guys ready? So it says, I have three fingers missing on my dominant hand. It's fine. I can type and everything and even manage to tie my shoelaces most days. However, I won't deny that it looks a bit odd to most people. I have, on I have only my fourth and fifth fingers, so my hand looks like a bit of a child drawing of a rabbit and not a good one. I'm used to people asking me about it. Usually after staring for a good minute or two, but still I find it annoying. I really don't get why do you think it'd be okay to ask someone such things, but hey, I wasn't raised in a barn. Usually I nip the question in the butt by just explaining the truth from the get go and assuming that enough people will gossip about it and that the message will spread by the end of the day. And it always does. Anyway, 
I started a new job about a month ago, and I honestly could not face going through that same cycle again. I felt like the time had come not to play into it anymore and to make something out of it. And I decided to make myself laugh. When the first new coworker asked me about it, I completely lied and told her that I chewed them off as a baby. I then decided to tell the next person who asked that I cut them off with a plastic knife at a picnic. And then the next person, I was born with six fingers and they removed too many by accident and so on. All genuinely ridiculous, stupid lies. I didn't expect them to believe them, but there you go. Maybe they just thought that there was no way that I lied about such things. Within three days, I learned that my coworkers had been arguing about the actual reason, and it seems like a lot of them now actively dislike me for lying. Am I the asshole? That's hilarious. Uh, now nah, you're not an asshole. They need to mind their business. Just simple as that. Like, I yes. understand if something look a little weird, or if it's not the norm or whatever, you're going to kind of pay attention to it. I'm guilty of that all the time. But if you're having fun with, with something that's really not at anybody else's expense and they just trying to be petty and childish to say like oh i know this person's story better than you do but none of y'all know the real story it's like y'all are the assholes that's probably exactly how that conversation went like no no you got it wrong that's not what she said <laughs> like y'all are too invested in this woman's disability like come on now get out of here Thanks. talk about something else at the water cooler I was going to say I agree as well. Um, I think I'm just one of those people that don't ask. Like, if you tell me, maybe I'll notice it and maybe you'll catch me like staring or something, but I just cannot muster up the courage to ask you. But if you bring it out, absolutely. But I think I would catch on if someone said something ridiculous like, oh, you know, I cut it off with a plastic knife. Like, I think I would laugh in that moment because I'm like, oh, you're clearly joking. Like, I, you know, right, right, like right. some things just sound so ridiculous. Like, come on, you can't be that dumb and that gullible to believe that. Um, and then at that point, it's like, all right, you probably get this question a lot, you know, like, let me, mm -hmm. let me not do that. Uh, but for I them apologize. to apologize, yeah, apologize, right. but like, you know what? I'm sorry. Like I, I do. I was out of line. I was out of line for asking <laughs> you that, you know, maybe you're tired of answering this question, you know, however long you've had to answer it. Um, but then for them to turn and like be upset because they lied, it's like, don't be upset at this person, be upset with yourself because like, uh, they said, you know. I'll tell one person it gets around the room. Like, why is this the topic of discussion? Like, obviously y'all had to go, you took that conversation and then went to go tell someone else. And when they had to correct you, like, oh, that's not what happened. This is what happened. It's like, find something else to talk about. Like you said, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I don't know. Okay. No assholes asshole. involved in that story. So mm -hmm. besides the people that are gossiping, but that was our segment for the day. Thank you guys, obviously for joining us. I really am grateful that we were able to have this conversation. Mr. Toxic, I am changing your name now to just Day Day. I don't see any toxicity <laughs> in here. I, I think that you've been mislabeled. I think that there's a grievance that needs to be filed with friend headquarters um, about getting you pulled out of, out of the toxic department. I think it's time for a new position. Other than that, Shay, do you have any closing words for us? Uh, yeah, again, just thank you all. And I just want to mention, because we didn't mention this earlier, Dede, uh, thank you for sharing your experiences with your most recent relationship. Jay, thank you as always for joining and listening to our show and then now being a part of it. That is episode three, season three, y'all. We will be back with another episode next Wednesday, of course. And if you haven't caught up already, get caught, get your ass caught up on the last two <laughs> seasons, okay? Get caught up with us. And we will see you guys next week. Bye.